0: internets. This episode right here was really special for us, man. We went down to A3C in Atlanta. Um, I hosted a panel called the a Hitmen, a Bad Boy Hitmen reunion. It was D. Angeletti, Nasheen Merrick, um, Young Lord, Sean C and LV. And man, y'all y'all, y'all y- y- know that we pull out the great stories on these episodes, but this one right here is in rare form. Um, it's nothing but nostalgia, nothing but shiny suit, era, and, and locks. And all that grimy shit and, and, and Biggie and, and Mason, like, yo, just hearing everything that went on behind the scene, I guarantee y'all y'all gonna really enjoy Y'all, I don't even have to fucking sell y'all these episodes, I'm just telling y'all, we, I'm just doing this intro as a courtesy to y'all, but this shit is dope. Yo, thanks for tuning in to the Combat Jack show, and enjoy. Hey, yo, Internets, what's up? How y'all doing, Internets? Hey, hey, Hutch, man, where am I sitting, man? Am I sitting right there? Yo, man, this is, this is amazing. First and foremost, man, I love, coming to, I love coming to A3C every year, man, because I meet so many amazing talent. And, 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 and I love the hospitality that, that Atlanta gives us, man. So, so I want to give yourselves, I want y'all to give yourselves a round of applause. So I don't know if you guys know my background, but I had the opportunity in the 1990s, uh, I was an attorney. And I was really fortunate enough to be in a situation where um, the first rap deal that I ever did was uh, for this group called Two Kings in a Cypher. And we got one of those guys here right now who eventually went on to help shift what we know is music today. Let's welcome to the stage Mr. D-Dot, Derek Angeletti. What's up, my brother? Bad boy. Um, next up, I mean, this is in no special order, man, but this cat right here, man, like has made some of the grimiest beats. Beats that, you know what I'm saying, made you want to punch your mother in the throat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Part of the legendary Bad Boy Hitmen team. Let's welcome to the stage, Mr. Nashim Merrick. <laughs> Nash, you know, these other cats right here, Legendary, you know, made an impact. They joined the team, shifted the culture, man. Let's welcome to the stage, man, Mr. Sean C.N.L.V. And last but not least, man, you know what I'm saying? The youngest one in charge, you know what I'm saying? My brother. Yo, man, let's welcome to the stage Mr. Young Lord.
1: And before we actually start the panel and all the questions, we have a special sponsor that was able to bring this to life. These guys have been rocking with us for a while here at iStandard as well. They have an incredible tool that helps producers and artists collaborate. Shh. Please get up for the presenting sponsor of this panel, CollabMix.com, y'all. Give it up for my man Jimmy. He's going to let you know a little bit about the business real fast, y'all. Huh?
2: What's up, everybody? I'm here with CollabMix.com. We pretty much just make your music-making life organized online. Uh, The more you make music with somebody, the more you start to have projects get lost in the mix and multiply that by the five or ten other people you make music with. So on the site, you pretty much create workspaces inside the workspaces. You'll have all the files for that project. You'll have all the discussion threads create tasks, or whatnot. Uh, We're on the mobile web as well, and we'll be on iOS and Android in a couple months. And there's also, like, a social side to the site, like SoundCloud, where people share songs and projects, and you can search for, uh, like, a specific instrumentalist or vocalist. So that's what we do in a nutshell. Check us out, collabmix.com. Thank you. Yo, man, how much time we got?
0: An hour 20 minutes? Let's go, man. Yo, it's good to see you brothers up here, man. Yo, Internets, man, how many of y'all lives have been shaped by these brothers right here, man? I mean, the hits were endless. It never stopped. It won't stop, man. Let's get to the beginning of this, man, because everybody here has a story to tell. But, you know, y'all know how I do it. I like to bring it to the beginning, man. So this question is directed to my brother, D-Dot. D-Dot, you grew up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, right?
3: Absolutely.
0: Yo, growing up, man, did you... I have an idea that you were going to have a life in music?
3: Absolutely. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn. My aunt was the lead singer in a group called Odyssey in the '70s. They made a record called Native New Yorker, um, Inside Out. Love those records. So I so I grew up around it. My I'm I'm half Puerto Rican, so my uncle used to play in the band with Tito Puente. So in my house on Saturdays, we would clean up to. Disco and classic, you know, soul and Latin music. And so going to school, banging on the tables was the thing. So I knew then that I had something that I wanted to do. I really wanted to be a rapper, like really hard. I wanted to be, uh, you know, Grandmaster Kaz and Kumo D. Those were my guys. That's how I grew up. Then LL Cool J came along. And then to me, LL Cool J should be the symbol of hip-hop because that was what we all looked like it was like wow that kid is nice he gets all the chicks he makes hot records so that was what i wanted to do reg i wanted so, to do that
0: so how did you find your musical
3: career by going to college because most people don't find their music career going to college well i gave up rapping in high school but i was blessed to meet a brother by the name of ron lawrence ron lawrence is also a hitman producer he was ron lawrence is actually three years older than me so he didn't start he started how at the same time but he took three years off And he heard me rapping one day, and he was like, yo, we should make a record together. And I was like, man, you know, like, I I didn't really realize that he was connected to Herbie Lovebug and all these guys. And so I was like, all right, whatever, let's do it, you know. So I went over his crib, and he had one of them uh, boxes that you could record on and rewind. So we made a tape. And so I credit Ron Lawrence for getting me back into rapping. Well, it's
0: amazing, man, because you're in college with Ron Lawrence, but you're also in college with Puff. Right, Puff and you came run- in
3: 87 and, and, and you're running with Puff, you guys had a little crew, right? Yeah, black man in Puerto Rico production We used to throw parties <laughs> I was the DJ, Puff was the dancer Because like, he had all the freshman girls He had like a little streak in his head He used to wear the pants with the holes in them You know, and the big black shoes when house hip hop was out And I knew I used to DJ for the Deltas and the, AK, and the AKAs So um, then another person, Puff said Hey man, you know a lot of people, we should throw parties together I'm like, oh okay, let's throw parties together So I was just blessed to be surrounded by a lot of dudes that, you know, had the same mental as I did and wanted what I wanted. You know what I mean? Did y'all talk about, like, dreams of getting in the music industry in college? Absolutely, because Puff was friends with Heavy D and CL Smooth and all them from Mount Vernon. I'm from Brooklyn, so I know all the Brooklyn cats, and they used to come to Howard because Howard was the spot. So it was like, oh, okay, so... We was just next. It was like, okay, we got to do something because we got all these dudes around us, Rock Kims, the Big Daddy Kings, the Heavy Ds, and all these guys. Let's do something. Herbie Lovebugs, we got to do something. It's ironic, though, because
0: out of the crew, you was the first one to really get into the music industry professionally
3: as an artist, right? Yeah, I was signed to RCA in 1989. I was in a group called Two Kings and a Cypher. That was during the positive era, and we put out our first single in 1990. It was called Moving On Them. And, um, and then we dropped our album. It was called From Pyramids to Projects in 1991. So Puff gets in the industry. Did you inspire him at this point? Um, I don't know if I inspired him, but it's definitely competition. Like, you know, one-upmanship, up one upmanship, I call it. Like, okay, I got a deal. So then he gets a deal. Okay, then I got to do something else. So I go on the tour. Next thing you know, he's throwing parties and bringing me to perform at his parties. It was like, this motherfucker. Yeah, all right, cool. What I got to do next? Then I get dropped from my label. I'm like, okay. Then he gets fired from Uptown. It was like, okay, we just, we try to figure it out. So, yeah, I, I, I think we both helped each other. We inspired each other to try to do better. You know what I'm saying? So when Puff launches
0: Bad Boy, like, you ran through mad responsibilities. You was an intern. You was a director of merchandise and management. Yes. You used to manage Mary J. Blige. Yes. You became the VP of A&R, and then you became the captain the Hitman. Yes. before the Hitman was there, it was just you there, right? No. Who was there at the time?
4: The brother right here to my left. So, Nashin, Nashe- you was the first Hitman? Who was the first Hitman? Well, I wasn't the first Hitman. I was there from day one, but um, I was an intern also. Puff didn't have the Hitman when we started. When we started. He, he made that up as he went along. Um... If, if there was a number, if it was a one hitman, the first hitman was Chucky Thompson and, and oh. this guy right here, Young Lord. Yeah. Like in terms of the official name. But the official name, we all came together at once. Later, later. Stevie, J, me, Dodd, Chucky, Chucky uh, Ron Lawrence, Young Lord. Prestige. Pres, prestige. But in terms of the group, like,
0: like like what we're seeing right now, some people are missing... Did y'all have a vision of this or this happened
4: organically? We was doing it anyway. We was already doing it, producing records for the, for the crew, you know? Puff had the vision.
0: You know, Nosh, man, like, you, you made some amazing records with, with, with Bad Boy, but one of the records that you made that, that people keep talking about, man, is a Capone component Noriega's T-O-N-Y, man. Woo! Like, wow. Can we, can, yeah. can we get a round yeah. of applause I, yeah. for that?
5: One, two, one, two. Like the best beat ever. Now I had the opportunity
0: to see the inception of this record, and you told me don't be controversial, so I'm not getting controversial. Yeah. But I do want. Yeah, you he to... was their lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I was Trage's lawyer, and I was, and we was your lawyer, right? But the funny yeah. story is this: like your crew and Trage's crew didn't get along, right? Yeah. Now nah, we got along. Somebody so. got thrown off a boat, right? Allegedly. See, see.
5: Allegedly, yeah, right? We had a, Jack starting we, to come So they, they how did y'all go enough, from huh? having
4: beef to well, making a his well, historic that was, record? that was Mob Deep. Mob Deep got to me to do a boat ride for them. Because they from Queens, and we used to rock together. They like, yo, nah, she got to do a boat ride for us. We got about to go gold. They, that's their first, you know, album. And, you know, people get drunk. We was young. And they was even younger. Yeah. So things got out of hand, and things got out of hand.
5: Somebody learned how to swim.
0: But but seriously, man, talk about how you even concede. Because your beats, man, your beats sound like they're coming from Mars. They don't sound like Earthly. They sound, you know. Yeah, we're here. not from here, though. But, like, for real, T-O-N. For real, we're not from here. I mean, we are not from here, but you want to go into that? Where you from? Where we from, man? from somewhere else. We're you know. from somewhere
4: else, from somewhere else yeah, right? You don't But, but talk it. about the construction of that beat for a little bit, man. Well, that beat, on the real, me, me, me and Carlos Brody came with the skeleton. We just came with the skeleton. Uh, the sample chopped up, crazy, with some drums on it. It was nothing special at first. But real hip-hop heads know what it's supposed to be. So that was for the locks. I wanted that to be for the locks. But the, 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 I say the vein that I went through to get to them, it didn't connect to them. So Trash was in my ear all the time about this new group he had and um he was like, Yo, I need you, I need you to do something crazy. They had the um they had that record out, New York, New York. New York, New York. They had they need a follow up. You know, and then so I had that joint, I was like, Yo, this one this is the one. And yeah,
0: that was, that was the one. That was the, that was the one. one. That was the one, man. Yo, yo, Sean C&LV, man. Y'all, yo. like particularly you, Sean, man, you have a different experience, man, because you came up in the world of turntablism.
5: Yeah, yeah, I started out as a DJ. I mean, we all kind of started, both, started yeah, out we as, as DJs. I think the best producers start out as DJs. L was a DJ as well. Yeah, we, we all are. So, yeah, I started out like... Me and Rock Raider, my man Steve D, we started a group called Executioners in Harlem. I came up as a DJ. It was funny because Teddy was just here, and Fat Man Scoop was our our rapper, and we were signing to Teddy. Wow. So it's it's, it's, it's ill to even see him. You know what I mean? Could I I say something real quick?
3: I was telling them, Teddy, um, at Bad Boy, we were showing each other love, and seeing Teddy, we went to lunch earlier today, and I was telling them that, I had Teddy bless me with sounds back then. So I went and turned and blessed the team with some of Teddy's sounds because Teddy was iconic even then. And then we walk in, we see him, he managed him and gave me love. He's like the godfather, you know what I'm saying?
5: Yeah, definitely. That's I crazy. loved a lot. Like being a little like, 16-year-old kid, watching him in Harlem and seeing him making like, remember being in the studio, he was mixing my fantasy for a guy and doing you know what I mean and all that stuff so uh, I seen a lot and uh, and it's, it's crazy like the stuff that you learn as you grow as you get older because at that time I was more you know it was all samples like just trying to sample and scratch and he was playing keyboards on records and all that and I was like ah and then I got it later on like you know what I mean so before, before the hitman um I want to say
0: I want to ask you before the hitman one of the greatest records that you produce was for Jay Z on, on Reasonable Doubt,
5: right? Yeah, can't knock the hustle. Can't knock the hustle, y'all. Nobody, my boy, nobody. Man, my boy, nobody did that. Shout out to him. Can you talk about that? Like, cause I remember
0: back then, Jay Z kinda was like the least likely to succeed. Like, like, like he was nice, but we ain't know he was gonna be this.
5: Yeah, I, I think like well we we got that happened. Because, Derek, you knew? I'm sorry, you knew? Yeah, I, I thought I thought Jay was. I didn't know he was going to be like one of the greatest of all time. I don't think anybody knew he would be this. I, I didn't know that. You knew that? Yeah, we knew that. Nah, I didn't know for that. For real? For I, I real? For you. real? I don't believe we you. We knew that. But I knew I knew that he was nice and he was coming up. And Dame lived across the street from uh, nobody uh, in in East Harlem. So we used to be in nobody's crib making beats all the time. We had our own little crew as well and we were producing records and putting stuff out. And um we got the beat to Dame and Biggs cause that's like that's the Harlem section of Rockefeller. And we knew Dame from coming up and he's was like, Yo, he got Jay Z. So we got him that beat and then the rest is history.
0: What's the working dynamic between you and L V, man? <laughs>
5: <laughs> um it's 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 just a vibe, this is my brother. So it's like, um, he make up, it, it, there's no real like set law of like, okay, you do this and I do that. It's like, yo, I got an idea, I'm going to play, you know, we go to the studio, I play him my idea, he might add to it, he play me an idea, I might add to it. It's like. It's whatever the vibe is. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is, you know.
0: It's, it's simple, we don't even think about it. Yeah. So when did, when did y'all get the invitation to join a hitman? Was it an official invitation? Like, what was that process like? I think
1: the official one was recently when we got our jackets, but, um, 2016, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I think, uh, well, we, uh, we had an artist named Iseem, and, uh, we was signed, I think in like 2004, or 2005, and we were just in a studio every day, just banging out, mm-hmm. just, and uh, I think at the same time, Puff was working on press play, and so we were just making beats and it just happened, it just, yeah. I don't even know what happened, and we just ended up there.
5: No, and we was, all, we was always, like, around, because I went to school with Puff, too. Like, I went to elementary and junior high school, so I knew him from Harlem. He was a year ahead of me. And I, the, my first Bad Boy record would have been, g, I did a song on g Depp's album. When I worked that loud, I did, what um, the fuck is the name? The joint was Shine. Did two songs. One with Carl Thomas and one with Shine. So that was, like, my first time coming into Bad Boy. And then after I seen him got signed, he brought us in.
0: Yeah. Yo, Young Lord, you were the, you were the youngest person ever to be inducted into the Hitman Hall of Fame, right?
2: No doubt, no doubt. Can you tell
0: us that story? You've told me this story a lot, man, but tell us the story about how you got pulled into this machine, man.
2: Well, I uh, it started at school. I was in uh, high school, my junior year, beginning, and uh, Puff was all over the place with Craig Mack and uh, Big with the first album, and um, these girls started talking about uh, Big and, and Puff Daddy and I always heard his name, but I thought he was like an R&B dude. You know, I knew him for uh, Mary J. Blige and Jodeci. Jodeci, you know, so I didn't ever think about him. But um, these were some cute girls, so I was like, you know what, I need to get down with this guy. So I went right in school, and uh, I called information, got the number to the office, and, uh, you know, at, they just opened. So it was like the right timing, you know, the... The receptionist, I, I don't think she knew she wasn't supposed to give me information. But I was like, yo, you know, I'm 16. I got the hottest tracks. You know, who do I need to talk to? And she gave me Harv Pierre, who's the president still to this day. And I started stalking him. And uh, I ran out of quarters. And uh, I, called, I had one more quarter. I called my brother. And I said, call this guy Harv. I said, set up a meeting. We need to meet with him. And uh, by the time I got out of school that day, When I got home, my brother told me I had a meeting with Harv the next day. So, And I met with Harv. And uh, for those of you who don't know Harv, he's, like, real serious. He has this, like, face that doesn't change. You know, you can't tell what he likes. A lot of people say I have that face, and I'll say I get it from Harv, you know. But uh, it's like, so I was playing the music, and I didn't think he liked it. You know, I just... (laughs) So I didn't think I would uh, hear from them again. But uh, the next day... They called me, and they was like, yo, Puff wants to meet with you. And um, I met with Puff, and he didn't like my music either. He he, didn't, he told me he didn't like it, but he's like, yo, I like the fact that you made it down here. He was like, we're going to put you on the job training. We're going to sign you up. So after that, I got to uh, you know, just be around and sit around a lot of great records, and at the same time, like, like Derek was saying, I got to see him. I got to see Nashim every day working on records and, and stuff with Chucky Thompson. So just kind of growing in that vibe, man, it was just like a, a great experience. What happened to those girls? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but they, they helped me make the right decisions, you know? <laughs>
0: it, I read somewhere that, that Puff told you initially, man, that, that you had to learn how to dance.
2: Yeah, yeah. He, um... He's like, yo, man, you can't dance, man. He's like, you know what, we're going to take you to the clubs, and you're going to sit in back of the club until you can dance, you know. And uh, so I would go with them some nights um, when they would have performances, you know, where they could get me in and just sit there. And he'd be like, nah, you can't dance yet. Keep keep coming, keep coming. And I, I don't think I, I got the uh, the approval from him until maybe about... 2004, so 2003, and he was like, he just started bugging out. He was like, finally, finally. <laughs> so you yeah. about to Millie Rock for us? Nah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I could give you a mean two-step,
0: man. <laughs> there you go. Yo, yo Dot man, how do you get um promoted to be the captain of this amazing team? And tell us, and, and all of y'all, can y'all share your, your experiences working with Derek? Because I know... In this, in this industry when you're a creative, particularly in a situation like that in hip-hop, is competitive. You know what I'm saying? And, and everybody feels that their beats is better. So, like, what was it that, that, what are the qualities that made Derek, D-Dot, the perfect person to be the captain? Me, yeah. I'm asking you and everybody else. You want me to, like, <laughs> talk about, about myself. <laughs> I
3: mean, I'm just the greatest guy ever. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 think, I think it was happenstance. Um, Hav actually left Bad Boy in 1995 and 96. I did that deal too. For a second.
0: RCA. Matter RCA, of fact, there's that. an
3: artist in here. Her name is Kia Jeffries. Um, right there. Hav signed her and her group to yeah, I did the first single. RCA. She was signed. <laughs> she also was the girl that's saying, put it in your mouth. Right there. That's her. What? Right there. Can you stand up please? Yeah. yeah. But, but, put but, the but, but, put right. it in your mouth. this is legendary yeah yeah so so, Harv left for a minute to do his thing at RCA I was on the road with Mary and in 96 Mary fired me and Puff so I'm jobless Puff not managing her Harv leaves so Puff says what you think you want to come in and do some A&R I'm like You know, I never did this before. I was an artist, so I was like, all right, cool. Um, We fly out to uh, Trinidad. I'm still not convinced, but I get in a room with this guy, Stevie J, Puffy, Ron Lawrence, Aaliyah, Faith Evans, and for three weeks, My mind is blown. Stevie picking up all types of shit, just I think he's 19 or something crazy. Nasha's in the room and you just hear all this You just hear the craziest shit. So I'm like, yo, I gotta get busy. I gotta do something. So I think the competition, once again, made it so, and and I, I didn't hold my tongue. I'm one of them guys, if I don't like something, I'm gonna tell you, if I love something, I'm gonna tell you, but I'm also gonna show you. I'll dance, I'll flip around, you know, I got the I'm hype when I'm mad and I'm hype when I'm excited. So I think Puff liked that because he was able to leave and momentum didn't stop. So to me that was what it was. I was like an extension of what he wanted. You know what I mean? I'm sure he had other reasons why, but to me I think that was probably what, what it was mostly. You know what I'm saying?
0: And and, and y'all, how was it working with D like? With him in that
2: capacity. Uh, oh man, when well, you, you used it to me, right? Everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, when D Dot became A and think that's when things really started to explode. Uh, but one thing I appreciated was that um, he would tell you if he didn't like the records and why, and maybe give you some ideas on you know how you need to get it better. And um, they also like uh, Puff would like he would had me do things they didn't want to do. So I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this, but Dot Puff gave me a call one Saturday night, and they were like, yo, we're going to make you like the assistant of the, the interludes. Do you, do you remember that? And I had so I had like assistant
0: of the interludes. (laughs) I had like a little,
2: yeah, a bit interlude. So I have like a little responsibility. So you know, it was like (laughs) it felt good, you know, trying to like you know create some and and get some of these interludes done while they're doing the other stuff, you know. So it was um, it was empowering, you know, and uh, it it was really good. He was the young lord was young. He
3: was young, so he couldn't be in the studio. Was four or five in the morning. It's blunt smoke everywhere. It's all types of liquors and booty meat. Whoa. (laughs) It, It was just, it was just, you know, so, and I loved Young Lord because actually he was the first to, you know, he was signed before all of us. So it was like, let's figure out how we keep this because his energy level was unlike anybody else's and he was always delivering, Young Lord was coming in with tracks at least once a week, DATs and cassettes of joints, you know what I mean? And, it, you know, so it was like, okay, let's, let's. The young boy got it. He eventually gonna be that dude. We know he gonna be that dude. It's like it's like uh, uh, being on a ball team and you got the rookie. He want to come in, but he playing with some veterans that ain't ready to leave yet. So he he gonna get he gonna come off, but he got to wait a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And and he was patient because. But when his time came, when his number got called, he stepped up and stepped up and surpassed a lot of what. Was already happening, you know what I'm saying? So, just to give you a little taste about what Young Lord was doing, you know what I mean?
4: Nash? Back to D. Like, D, me and D is like brothers from another dimension. <laughs> we, as soon as we met, as soon as we met, like, we clicked, right? Immediately. We never went through no growing pains, no nothing. It's just like it's meant to be. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm kind of biased with this dude. It's like, it's comfortable with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, and we didn't, half the time, we're not even doing music. We doing other things. A lot of other things. Yeah. And it's, it's just comfortable with him. And I think he's like, he rubs off that way with everybody because everybody I see around him love him. I don't care, I don't care who it is. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves him. You saw Riley right there. Just love him. That's his personality though.
1: I think, uh, I first met D-Dot when he, I was uh, in, in Daddy's house, that was a studio, and we was in a midi room, and I was, I was like new, and I was excited just to be there, because I was in high school and they were like making all the classic music, so I was like, I need to be there. So one, I was in a room, we were working with an uh, artist, him at the time, and I just wanted my music to be loud as shit, and so D-Dot came in, and he just came in a room, and he left, and I'm like, oh shit, that's D-Dot, like, so he kept coming in, and then one time he came in, and he was like, yo, that's not it. At first, I was like a little mad, like, what you mean that's not it? Because, you know, I guess my attitude is like, I think I know everything. And I'm just like, what you mean? And then he broke it down to me. So ever since then, I was like, it's the guard right there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just listen to him. And he always told me, like, if he didn't say he, if he said he didn't like it, he told me how to fix it and like what I should do. So that always helped a lot, too. And it was just like, he always was honest. Even if I thought it was hot, I'm jumping all around, dancing in the studio. He's like, man, that shit is trash. And I took. I-, I love that. Like you know, that he was like kind of like one of the first persons to ever do that.
5: Yeah, I met D Dot through in my loud days, like um, doing the Dead Prez records, and uh, he had Kanye at the time, and uh, and um, so Kanye had did a remix with Dead Prez, and I was Dead Prez's A and So that was my first experience meeting him, and I was kind of like, damn, that's D Dot, but he was always mad cool, like. He's like like everybody said up here like he's a real likable person he's got like a a real good spirit so once once the relationship with Bad Boy happened Like he said, he would pop in the room and then we would always ask him for advice, especially like how to navigate through the whole system and how to navigate through the hitman situation when we was doing American Gangster. he was around, when we was doing like all that stuff. So he's always been like, you know, Papa Dot, like that's that's who he is, you know what I mean? He's he's the OG, you know, he's only a couple years older, but he's still my OG.
0: (laughs) Yo, the question I got for y'all is, you know, being in, in the industry... It's not easy coming up with one hit. Like some people go through their entire careers and they can't create that one hit. Creating two hits is almost impossible, but y'all had hit after hit after hit. It never stopped. Like, What was the secret sauce? What was the formula for y'all having this endless streak of hits and doing basically some remarkable historic shit?
4: Yeah, Puff Puff used to push me like that. He used to be like, yo, Nosh got lucky with who shot you?" <laughs> Did and that piss you off? And then nah. Not at all. Then then Queen Bitch comes out, oh Nash got lucky. One more ch- one more chance remix comes out. Nosh got Nosh is eye. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: then
4: his first single goes double platinum. Ain't no luck in that. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, like me, I always thought I had it. You know, I grew up, I grew up in the era of Pete Rock and, and, and Primo and Extra P, Lost Professor, and I always knew I could do that, but my own thing, you know what I mean? So, making hits, like, I know my element, and with hip hop, what we love, I know I could do that. You know what I mean?
0: Yo, Internets, today's episode of The Combat Jack Show is also brought to you by HBO's newest comedy series, Insecure. Best friends Issa and Molly are modern-day black women trying to figure it out. Life, work, and love, but unlike other shows where women are almost flawless, these two are far from killing it. These ladies deal with their own real-life flaws as they attempt to navigate different worlds and cope with an endless series of uncomfortable everyday experiences. Created by executive producer and starring Issa Rae, the new comedy series launched its eight-episode season on Sunday, October 9th, exclusively on HBO. Issa Rae wrote the New York Times bestseller The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, which was published in 2015. Her web content has gathered more than 25 million views and over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. In addition to making the Forbes 30 Under 30 list twice, and winning the 2012 Shorty Award for Best Web Show for her hit series, Awkward Black Girl. Shot in and around South Los Angeles, Insecure incorporates the music of both indie and established artists of color and touches on a variety of social and radical issues that relate to the contemporary black experience isa ray challenges the status quo with what she's doing on insecure her characters aren't living for someone else they're going after what they want and dealing with the consequences good or bad and those bathroom raps are going to stick in your head every week internets tune in every sunday at 10 30 p.m eastern and pacific for the series premiere of insecure exclusively on hbo
3: i remember puff called a meeting i had just came back up from off the road with mary right before we got fired and he said I got a vision, all right? all right? You know, all right, Cool. I want to be on the radio. Me and Nosh, by our spirits, are not radio guys. Like we, we, our shit ain't supposed to play on the radio. So you're right. When I got my first hit, I was like, Phew, man, I just rolled the dice on them right there. I just sixed up. If y'all play CeeLo, you know what that. I, I was ready to go. I was, I was ready to go, and. Other people was like, yo, Dot, what about that joint right there? Or, yo, Dot, what about that joint right there? You going to finish that? You going to finish that? I'm like, oh, you like that? Oh, you like that? So I start realizing, like, damn, I, I, I might have a little something here. But you know what I'm saying? You can't sit there and say, I know I got hits. But once the first one came, I don't even know if this was a hit. But my first track that I produced for Puff and I wasn't signed was MC Light. Um, I rock the party that rocks the Woo! party. You rock the party, co-rock the party. Now that's the first record I did with Puff. I wasn't signed to him or nothing. I just got a call and said he needed a beat. I was like, oh well, I got something he might like. Played it for him. We went and produced the record. Then I'm getting the phone calls like boom. So, but I'm getting phone calls, yo, dot that MC Light shit hot. Word, y'all like that? Okay, cool. Meanwhile, in Trinidad, I got this other record that I got on tape that you Know, I'm thinking his MC favorite the, the bomb, the locks is coming in. Yo, son, we need that. The Mace bomb. is coming in. Yo, son, we need that. Word, y'all like this beat? Okay, it B ended up turning out to be the Benjamins. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, after that, I was like, oh man,
4: yeah, I was there,
3: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, oh, shit, like, okay, this, this could work. And then, you know, after a while, we, just, we were blessed. Like, we called ourselves, the, we all had nicknames. Like, we called ourselves the Yankees. So, Man. right, you know, and we was taking nicknames. So Puff was Reggie Jackson because he was jacking all the beats. <laughs> I was Sparky La because I was sparking all the time. And we all had, you know, we used Yankees as our, hit, as our joint. And we started believing that we were the Yankees. And they were putting up home run hitters, dudes that were striking out 20 in the season. It was like everybody was contributing. So that's, that's when I was like, you know, I, I still to this day don't know if, if we knew we had, we were gonna be making all these hits, but they kept coming. Then Stevie would walk in with something. Then when the other teammates came, next thing you know, Mario Winans joined later on. Then the shit got even crazier because Chucky, Stevie, and Mario are musicians, like for real musicians, five, six instruments a piece. And to watch the three of them battle each other Like okay We gonna make d beat hot Or we gonna make Nash's beat hot So Chucky plays drums Stevie's on the keys And uh, Mario's playing the drums Chucky is playing the the bass And Stevie's on the keys Playing at the same time They didn't rehearse One, two, ready And Nash B come on I'm sitting in the room like, God, this shit is nutty. And, you know, I didn't have the wherewithal to film it back then. I wish y'all could have saw this shit, how crazy it looks to watch musicians unprepared just come in the room and battle each other. And we were the same way. Now I used the SP... Uh, what was it called? SP-1200. SP-1200. 1200. SP 1200, nah, I, mean. I was on the MPC. So I'm like, damn, this shit sound nice and dirty and just the way you like it. My shit all clean and happy. I was like, ah. But... it it made for great competition because then Nosh helped me I helped him that's how the hits got made
4: I didn't care about radio like radio I didn't give a hell about radio (laughs) radio wasn't in my domain I just wanted to rock the streets I wanted to rock people's minds you know what I mean I just wanted to be the hardest dude out there Work with I work with Nas, Biggie, and Jay-Z during their prime. Like, I'm the one, the only producer to do that. That, that, that was my goal. You know what I mean?
0: Yo, talk about, like, y'all are making these hits. It's proven hits. Y'all are on the radio, y'all video. Y'all are on every corner in the United States. How do y'all go from these hit makers and feeling proud to all of a sudden... Cats is mad at y'all. Like, Katz is like, yo, like, y'all are selling out the culture. Like, how did y'all go from, like, the most
4: loved to, like, all of a sudden, like, the bad boy camp is ruining... Yeah, we seen that with Puff, though. We seen how Puff came up, because I, I met Puff out with Howard before all of this, with D-Dot. That's how I met D. And I seen him be hated for, for, for doing great things, like, making hits. And so I'm like, yo, these guys... Is, Guys are idiots.
2: Who cares? Who cares? You know what, a lot of people will criticize uh the hitmen. They criticized cause of the samples, right? So for a second everybody stopped sampling for a minute. But then they went right back to it. Right back to the criticism. I mean it's it's at the end of the day it's it's about the music, the feeling, you know? But it was, it was selling so much, they, they wanted to change it. <laughs>
5: uh, anything popular, man, that's what happens. That's just human but nature. But that's how we, you know we know create, I mean? that's, that's how it. our sound was created. Hip-hop was created by taking an old record,
4: rapping on it, and making it new again. That's how the foundation of hip-hop started. So how could you be mad at what we're doing? Plus, we're just doing it on another level.
3: Plus, what people didn't realize, like I was selling Sean, Sean was an A&R Loud Records They had the Woo, Dead Brands, Big Pun, Mob Deep. People, we loved them over there at Bad Boy, but they didn't know it.
5: Yeah, definitely did.
3: They didn't know it. And they wanted us to come and do so. Matter of fact, Sean was telling us a story how you ended up going over to Loud and being one of the first Hitmen representatives at Loud to start opening those doors. But they didn't realize that's all we listened to was what they was doing. That radio shit was like, okay, Puff, like I told them the story. Puff wanted me, Puff bought me the Mace record, Feels So Good, I, I did that for Mace. I would have never did that beat, ever. It was too common. We were looking for the the joints that wasn't. And I tried to pass it off to Nas, I tried to pass it off to Stevie, and everybody, nah, died. Puff came in the room, I don't want nobody else to do this but you. I was like, all right, cool. but it was like, whip it up. But that wasn't where my mind was at. I wanted to make rizza beats yeah. and Havoc with Quiet Storm and shit like that was what we loved. But we had a formula. And once I learned the formula, they learned the formula, it was like, wow, we could do both. Right. And what people don't realize is that we probably had some of the most grimiest hip-hop records in history also. Yep. Along with
5: Definitely. them joints
3: that popped on yep. top. When you yep. think about who shot you, who that shit is not Somebody not hard that. yeah, that's, that's one of the hardest records ever mm-hmm. in life or warning mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying <laughs> shit like that so when you look at some of the records that we did oh, 24 hours to live not radio records joints like that was basically trying to compete with them guys and say we could do this too we, we, matter of fact we probably do this better than the hits but The hits was where they were, you know. You see that that mailman walk. When I see that mailman walking across my lawn every three months, he be coming. I be at the door like what yo, you know, it'd be the manila envelope sticking out his bag and shit. Those be sticking up. I'm like, those are mine, those are mine. Those are mine. I need those, please.
4: Bring those. Thank you. And, 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 it, and it and it says a lot to our chemistry also. One day Mace comes in the studio in the midi room and I'm in there. It's early in the morning. And he pulls up a Diana Ross record. I'm coming out. He was like, yo, Nas, hit that for me. I need that. I wanna do that. I was like, nah, that's not me. <laughs> I was like, yo, Stevie about to come here. Let Stevie do that. Right. Nah. And I was serious because I knew I couldn't bless it like Stevie. Stevie comes in, does it, two mil. So, two million.
3: The, yo, Doc, you don't do tell them about the story. This is how it was Mace walks in with the record in his hand, gives it to Nash. Nas passes it to Stevie, Stevie flips it, and then we gave it to Big.
5: Yeah, but can you tell him the whole story though? <laughs> like, like how he was in the room, and then when Puff came in the room. Oh yeah, Puff, I,
0: went, yeah. No, 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 no,
4: no, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: Mace,
3: it was Mace record. it Mace, was Mace record. Mace wrecked. brought it to the table. <laughs> right, right, now go. Mace brought it to the table, Nas says no, Stevie's in the room working on it, making it hot. Mace is in there. Anyone, anyone, anyone the record. Wrote you broke the, the record. Puff come in the room. Pow. Oh shit, this is crazy. I'm giving that to pig. I'll find you another record. <laughs> 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 and Mace, we didn't see Mace for two fucking weeks after that. He was so upset. But that was how we did. It was whatever was best for the team. And it wasn't like we didn't bless Mace. He, he got blessed because he ended up selling five, seven million records. So we, we, we made sure we made up for it. For example, same thing with money power and respect. He, he didn't bring the record, but he walked in the room, and we had a concept and a policy that whoever walked in first, if it was you know, if you wanted it, you could have it because we just wanted to get our beats off. He in there, same thing again. He writing, And I'm sitting there, and I don't got the heart to tell him, this ain't for you, fam. This ain't. This not going to be for you. We we ain't see him again for two more fucking weeks. It was like, he was sick and tired of us. He was like, yo, I'm not coming here no more. You know, he was like, I I ain't coming here no more, for real. Yo, Sean, though, being on the other team, man, like,
0: Is is what they're saying, right? Because you you all are producing the grimiest records, Mm -hmm. like so. You you're hearing from the artists, like are the artists like yo fuck them or them artists like yo?
5: Like I mean, it was definitely, you know. Can y'all be quiet in the back, please? Thank you. It was definitely a competition thing, um, but you know, just creatively, you know what I mean? Because they was popping, doing in their lane, and we was popping in our lane. And then um, the ill thing was though that Young Lord, like he said. Um, we still everybody it was a mutual respect because even though you like oh, they keep doing all these samples and all the sample stuff and I think I was probably when I came in allowed I was probably the one to help bridge the, the two sides, you know what I'm saying because I was I like both like I want to make hit records too. But I, I like hard hard records as well. So when Young Lord came to the table, I remember them saying like, "Matty C, shout out to Matty C," was like, "Yo, we got one of the dude, one of the young dudes from the from the Hitman." I didn't know who he was. I was like, "I know who D Dot is." I didn't know who, who Young Lord was at the time. But then he came in and he did one of the hardest beats on live, which is "You Ain't a Killer" for a Big Pun. So that's how I met him, just through that whole, you know what I mean? Through that whole that whole, that whole shit is scary. Like when you hear that, it just that just shit to
3: chill because it was like somebody gonna die tonight yeah yeah yeah. Puff didn't really like the fact that we was giving so many other people hits that shit was like so you know we all got stories of Puff yelling at us like (laughs) how the fuck did you give that to him when I gave Tracy Lee that record for Trey Lee we went to war you know what I mean so Young Lord kind of opened the door for a lot of us I mean for a lot of the other industry people,
2: it's okay to come fuck with them. They, they cool guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was okay. Yeah, I mean? and I always appreciated you, man. Because <laughs> uh, Loud Records, man, I ended up working with a lot of their artists, and it, it was it was definitely uh, a mutual respect, and uh, I appreciate that. I did a lot of stuff with Pun. God. Yeah, yeah, nah, it was, it was it yeah. was it was and then on the on the other side, like our, us trying to be
5: like on some bad boy radio shit was doing still not a player. You know what I mean? Right Which was right. a huge radio. It was the first radio this was the biggest yeah. radio record for Loud Records. And that was the first, you know, us like, alright, alright, we coming back at these niggas real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And but then and then I ended up getting down with them. You know, I was just thinking today when God <laughs> Ned
0: when I was putting these notes together, man, I was thinking, man, that, that y'all made amazing records when it was the best of times. But what's phenomenal about y'all is y'all made amazing records during the worst of times. Like, how do y'all even regroup and become bigger and better after the passing of B.I.G.,
2: man? Wow. Uh, you know what, I, th- I think... Um, you know what, though? Uh, it would have
4: wow. been even crazier with him, you know? Because we had plans to do so many things. Me and Big had Caesar's first so- single called Puppy Love. He had writ it, written it in his head. He res- he recited it to me, but, you yeah. know, Big don't write nothing down. And that was going to be a hit. We had... Um, We had the Commission album coming out with him and Jay-Z and and, and Mace. Was Mace in it? No, Charlie Baltimore. And we was working on that already, me and Big. It would have been so much crazier. Y'all got tracks? Y'all got recorded tracks? Big might have. I was giving Big tracks before I gave anybody in the industry tracks. Like, he got it first. Why wouldn't he? So you say, you know, we... Did good after, but we would have done so much better with him.
2: I think we took it as um, in remembrance of him to keep up the momentum, and Puff was also focused too. You know, so we were all like, you know, we're gonna do it even better for him. You know, so I think it, it gave us more motivation. Let me, <clears throat> so, so go ahead. you want to say something? Oh, um, the crazy part is, y'all
3: all know what you heard. But think about what you didn't hear. Right. So like, for example, I'll Be Missing You, right? You know, the record that finally came out, all right? That was our third version to that record. We went in the studio twice before that. Full songs, Faith, 112, during the Russell times, recorded it, finished it. <laughs> tried again, everybody took a break, came back in, tried it again. Deron and Faith and everybody in there writing, penned it out. Again, dead. Those tracks are still recorded somewhere, but our focus was it ain't coming out unless it's right. It got to be right. Third time we go in, it made sense with the sample and all this other stuff. So we probably got, after Big died, we went through an experimental stage of, because now we don't got LeBron no more. We don't have our Michael Jordan. They gone. But we still got some other players that could really, really work. So we had to go through a trial and error situation. It wasn't as simple no more as just, okay, you do that, Big is going to rap on it, you know Big is going to kill it, and we're good. It wasn't that simple no more. So I think that really bonded us together to figure out who really had it and who did not And so I, I wonder if one day the unreleased unheard music would ever come out. So you can hear bars, like Lil' Kim's verse on the Benjamins was the second verse. So we got a whole nother verse that y'all didn't hear on Lil' Kim when she murdered that on the Bumble with the B, huh? You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's what made us great. In Big's death, we knew that we couldn't let it go down. And once we got, I'll be missing you out the way. And then the locks made their record, um, uh, we we always love Big Papa Big Papa That allowed us to get that pressure off And then after that shh, Puff's album Mace album Locke's album Black Rob uh, 112. 112 Faith Faith, Faith. Faith. Yeah. Total It was like Shine.
6: Okay.
3: Shine Shine It was like Everybody get focused Everybody get focused Now I'm putting my hard face on now Harv is back Big dies. HALF comes back, the team is even more stronger now. And the artists, we got them under pressure. Focus, Mace, focus, LOX, focus. We got what we gonna do. Cause when y'all ain't here, we in here. Putting strings on your shit, bass lines, young Lord in there like he said, crafting shit that they never got to hear. God bless Big, the week he died, all of, uh, y'all, y'all remember Life After Death, right? Okay. Those interludes you heard, Big was really in L.A., on the phone. You remember them black phones that you had back in the days, and the speaker was on, like, office phones? So we recorded them shits real live. Mike is on top of the phone. Big is calling, yeah, so after that shit's on the bitch, and I'm laughing and all. You get all those on the phone. But the, the, the week he died, he heard his album. He heard it in full. So just in case anybody didn't know, he heard it in full. But he didn't hear... Uh, going back to Cali with the going, going back. Big was the perfect artist. He came in, spit his lyrics and bounced and said, Naj, play it for me when you finish. And,
4: and he, play he, it for me when you finish. He didn't hear somebody gotta die with the strings on it or the drums. Right. He did the whole joint
3: to the sample. Right. Right. We just he just come in and so he got to hear it and he got to enjoy it the way y'all did. Yo, Dodd, that mad rapper shit was crazy. Because he heard it for the first time like y'all heard it. You know what I mean? Or he heard, uh, 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 what was the joint with um, uh, 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 Run DMC on it?
1: Uh, with DMC. with, with down DMC. Downfall. 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 downfall.
3: By the way, right? Um, Classic yeah. shit. He, he, he ain't always going to put DMC on there. Yeah, we got it, all of us. So that was the beauty of what we did. We worked when the artist wasn't. And that's a perfect artist-producer relationship. Nowadays, these artists, they don't know how to be produced. What they know is they take a beat that somebody sent them from sendmebeats.gmail.com or YouTube or YouTube, whatever. They go in the studio and rap how they want and then come and play it for you if they have respect enough to play it for you.
4: If, yeah.
3: And when you give them an artist criticism, it's almost like, where is this coming from? Like, L-O-X, yeah. D-Dot would say, yo, kiss. Uh, ball one through nine is fine. But you might have to fix up them last seven. That's coming from me. And kiss is top five dead or alive. But I'm like, fam, write another one. Like, what's the problem? Write a fucking another one. And another one. And another one. Until that shit sound like Gunsmoke.
5: Exactly. I definitely learned that. Like being in the hitman that's that's something that we learned Like producing yeah, producing and pushing and pushing and pushing and like thinking about the record being way bigger than it then it, you know, then it started like adding all the strings, adding all that. stuff. I learned all that from watching them and from Puff saying, "Well, let's try. Like, let's try to get, let's get an oboe in here. Let's get a, like, you know, let's get every instrument in here. You do your verse over, maybe change the chorus. Get somebody. You get seven people to write a chorus. You know what I mean? And, but like, to get to the best place, like you're not gonna know if you don't try it. And I think that's kind of what that said to reiterate. Like, that's what's missing. Not to sound like, you know. Fuck everything that's out now, but it's just like, I think a lot of artists, if, if, if the, the good artists could take that formula now, records could get even better, you know what I mean, when they take criticism from the producer, and producers should learn how to produce instead of just making beats, Make beats. like that's a real producer,
6: <laughs> definitely.
0: Yo, on a, on a technical and emotional level, how do y'all do the impossible and transform Puff into one of the biggest artists of our time. Like, how the fuck did y'all do that? How many takes?
4: How do y'all produce your boss? Yo, yo, first, not of a all, first, Just, first of all, first of all, I'm in the studio of Puff 24-7. And I'll tell him I don't like it. He kicked me out. <laughs> so it's all on him. Right. Truly. I remember he kicked me out the studio well, one day. What'd you tell him? What song what, was I with? said, I ain't like it. Next thing you know, this guy's escorting me out. <laughs> Let's go downstairs to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs>
2: How did y'all do that, man? Like, I think was it a- was like the uh, the NWA movie with, with Eazy-E. You know, where yes, definitely was t- like that. He took, yeah. he took his time and and really got it got it right. But he know how to do it. He he yeah. he did that with other artists. Yeah, and I think Big had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, before yeah. he passed, sorry, you know, yeah. as far as like um preparing him for that, like that, you know, <laughs> getting uh, him. They were doing songs before, what like years ago, before that too. Back then. You know, they they were always doing that. Dot dot A and R his first
3: album, didn't you? Dot talk about that, man. Well, I was I was telling L V that he should tell y'all about the Puffy now, working on his album now. And then and then I could tell you (laughs) Yes, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could tell you twenty years before that. (laughs) Oh how long was that? Twenty was that twenty? No.
6: No, Let's talk about Puff now in the studio and puff back. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, it's 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 a it's one of the most challenging things you ever have to do ever. Thank it's you. like now it's like now it's like kind of like I like to be in my own session. I just like to do the music and like and run when I see him come in because you've in the room with him for hours and hours. He's doing the same take over and over. And that's not good. That's not good. Do it again. Do it again. He like he'll do hundred and be like let's go back to the second one over and over for days days and days and just like so it's like when you walking around he'd be like "Yo, are you gonna come do the vocals with me today and I'm like god damn <laughs> so you just and oh, you man. just in there just like alright, no, no, that's not good that's not good let me try it this way one two three and he'd be like all right try another way one two three which one was better I don't know nigga like which how we going how we gonna do go it like what's up man like pick one pick one and let's go from there <laughs> yo it's the same thing <laughs> right
3: it's so that's, the same. that's why I wanted him to tell y'all now so imagine then <laughs> His only frame of reference was the Dolly My Baby. Remember that record?
2: Super cat record. The SuperCat Super, record. Yeah. Him yeah. Cat Tim where, Big and uh, Third Eye. The,
3: the the person who wrote his rhyme Third Eye, third eye he rapped just like him. Oh, that's
1: but what he Daddy does. hops and, and he was rapping like that. No, but that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's, another, that's another thing, too. You'd be like, yo, I always say, your fam, like, why don't you make this record yours? Right. Like, stop rapping like him because it you sounds know, like him. Whoever, like, he's. So he, like, picks up the canis and all. And I'm like, no, 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 right, no. Right, make right. this your record. Like, you know what I'm saying? Make this who you're going to hmm. be. Like, you just say the words how you're going to say it, and then he'll just do whatever he, the opposite I said. So <laughs> that, that, was the, that was the challenge.
3: The challenge was, okay, if Sauce Money is writing. I'll be missing you. He did a crazy, incredible job, too. Right, he did a incredible job. But we don't want you to come off of it saying, that nigga sound like sauce. Right. Like, that's not what we wanted for who was writing it. So my challenge was trying to get him to find his Puff Daddy. Because when he first gets in the booth, he has to learn the Like, he just wants to get it laid down first. That's a challenge for a non-rapper. Right. Just to get the shit laid down. Then to get it on beat, then to put the swag yeah. in being on beat, then finding the right voice to spit it in. So you're talking about going in on a record 15, 20 plus times, as opposed to when you go going with Big and you may be, he may be sitting there rocking in his chair for three days, like this, because Big, then, you know, and you just, you don't know what's going on in his head, and then one day he'll just be like, "All right, Nash, you ready?" And he'll go in the booth, and it's one take. Maybe if I didn't like something, he'd fix it, and then he'd say, You know, if I come out this booth, I'm done. So they had to come find me wherever I was at, find D-Dot. And Big didn't call me D-Dot, he called me Derek. So he'd be like, Y'all better go find Derek, because once I get out this booth, I'm getting in the truck, I'm going home. So I had to come in there and listen, (laughs) be like, Okay, Big. But we done, when he finally spit it, we done pretty much that session. With Puff, you gotta have your calendar. Definitely. Free. And that's not, to, you know, he knows what he wants to hear. Right. His genius is he sees it before you. Yeah. That's his genius. He already sees it. You dumbass niggas gotta catch up to where he at. And that's the journey. Him trying to convince us of what he hears. And and us trying to say, okay, well, while we on the way, can you pick up some? Can you? Yeah, can you? Can you pull a little? Yeah. Can you? Damn, you know what I mean? And that was the, but that was love because when we when we finally reached that point, that's when you see that mailman walking across your lawn again. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that that was our challenge with 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 Diddy. You know what I'm saying?
5: A lot of times you don't know what, what like you said, you don't know what the hell is going on. Right. Say, like, yo, we're going to add some so and I'm like, that don't even fit. Right. But it worked.
0: Exactly. All right, cool, cool. Um, 2016, man. Can you talk about the actual influences that you guys have created to the music that we're listening to right now?
4: Right now, I just wish they would get back to more instrumentation, more music. Um, I wish rappers would do more, get into their history. You know, take a history lesson on your rap and what you do. I just wish they would because it would open up their minds. Every, everybody's talking the same thing. I'm not trying to sound old, even though I am. But everybody talks the same thing. When I was coming up, they had Daylight, P.E., um, Gangstar, Tribe Core Quest. Everybody had to come out different or you wasn't respected. So, you know, that's why I just wish they would just do more history because that would open up their minds to, to, to brighter things to talk about even, you know? You know D-Dot, though. You know, I don't think you get credit as being
0: credited as being one of the greatest music men of all time because, you know, when I, what I meant by influences today is you discovered Kanye, like you discovered, yeah. you discovered Kanye, and 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 you're hearing right now the children, like the cast that's doing it on the top level is 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 Kanye's babies.
1: I would, I was I'm I, I just got to say this, like. Before I even knew like what making beats was, I was like, "Where I was listening to these guys, and I just wanted to do what they what they were doing." So like, I just I don't know how I got lucky. I guess I don't know the stars aligned, and I'm able to like. I really wanted to be with Bad Boy. Like I wanted to be in Daddy's house making that music because I played it as a DJ growing up, and you know at parties. So like. I don't know. Like I'm, in, they influence me all the time. Like that's all I listen to is, is is these guys' music. So I just hopefully, like whatever I'm doing, is influences a, a, influencing a, a younger producer, and it's all just coming from these guys up here. Because I that's what I that's how I started making beats. Like these guys are like the teachers. mean, Combat Jack, I, I want to put you on the spot. Let's do it. Tell them
3: your Kanye story with D Dot and Kanye, me and you, please. Well, Combat I, I, Jack, I don't remember the story. What happened? Uh, uh, about. Me and what you what did you think about tell them what you thought about Kanye when you first heard him.
0: I mean, I thought I thought he had a crazy sounding name. I couldn't even get past the name. Right. Number one.
3: Um Reggie was my lawyer, by the way, if y'all don't know that. Combat Jack was my attorney back then. So this is a we're looking at a, a doctor, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Just so y'all know. This is a this is a, a well established. well established, well established entertainment attorney who who transformed himself, which goes to show you that we can do anything. Turned his brand into a nationwide brand, and we're gonna turn it international eventually, ain't we, brother? But we, just we international, him, we international. Yeah, we. T- 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 <laughs> tell them you're Kanye. Tell I mean, him. I mean, I just remember like
0: you know you tutoring Kanye and, and Kanye making beats, and then I just remember Kanye coming to my office one day. And Kanye sitting there talking about, Yo, I'm going to be the greatest rapper ever. I'm going to be big. And you know how Kanye ain't never changed. You, you, you look at Kanye right now, and you got to love people that's always been crazy from day one. Like, Damon Dash ain't never changed. Kanye ain't never changed. <laughs> Same person. But I remember Kanye telling me he's going to be the greatest rapper of all time. And I'm looking at him like, no, you're not, nigga. Because <laughs> in my mind, the era that we came from, that wasn't what your greatest MC was. Like I thought, that, and, and it's no shots to Kanye because I didn't think he was corny, but
3: I thought he was corny to be an MC. So they convinced me, my lord. Well, they didn't convince me, but I didn't sign him as a rapper. I only signed him as a producer. He wanted you to sign him as a rapper. He want. I shopped him as a rapper. Columbia wouldn't sign him. You heard the story. Even Rockefeller didn't really want him to rap. I'm trying to convince people. That this kid can rap. So you saw it. I I saw it because Kanye, and and this is where, I don't mean to digress, but the the writing for people, Kanye used to send me beats all the time and songs, and he had this group called The Go-Getters, when he first started. So he sent me a song. I ended up using a song on my Mad Rapper album. I put Little C's on it, but Kanye had a verse on there that was incredible, but none of his peoples wanted him to rap. So I spit the verse, and I told people, like, I don't, you know, like, listen, this kid can rap, and nobody would believe it. So I managed Kanye as a producer, but I knew he really wanted to rap. That's probably one of the reasons why our relationship didn't go further is because everywhere he went, he wanted to be the combination guy. Like, I'm going to come in like I was. Like, to my credit, the other thing you talked about was I, I was a rapper, so when I produce the beat for a guy, usually I'm walking in with the beat and the hook. Done for you. All you got to do is write your, write your bars. I was just telling them the story. 24 Hours to Live was a mad rapper record. Me and Nasheen was in Memphis. We did that beat in Memphis, Tennessee on a beat sabbatical. Because like he said, we, we brothers. So we used to go away to make beats in private places with nobody knowing. We went to Memphis. And I wrote... 24 hours as a mad rat. You have 24 hours to live. Just thinking I'm I'm thinking I got be a smash. I came back the bad boy. Puff was like, "Yeah, so this is what we going to do." Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the chorus and I'm going to put the squad on it. So I'm thinking, "Okay, where I go? Last first where where I go? Where I go?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what we going to do. See, this is what we going to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 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 Kanye came in as he was he was the multi the, you know, he he, he he could do it all. He could write your chorus, write your verse, do the beat for you, find the sample, chop it up. And that was a lot for... for Cruz wasn't used to that. And he was aggressive with it. Nah, fam, let me write that hook for you. Oh, Go ahead, you know, no problem. You know what I mean? So he, I'm sure y'all saw the video where he sent me the beat that I ended up doing with Eminem on the Mad Rap album. We finished that beat the next day. That's how hot his beats was. So Kanye... I, to, to, to continue what Reggie said, um, I, I wanted to sign him as a rapper. Nobody was sign him, but I ended up managing him first, so I got him on all those songs with Jermaine Dupri. I ended up putting him out there, his name out there. I'm actually the one who helped introduce him to Rockefeller, who he ended up going over to be. So the influence was was heavy. Um, for for the kids, for the kids now, I'm not mad at the kids. You know, I, I understand. I, I agree with Naj. There should be some more, but. We got to remember from our age group, I'm 48, we had the Pee Wee Herman dance. We had a record called Inspector Gadget. We had some corny shit when we was coming up. Everything wasn't EPMD, LL Cool J in our era. So the old heads can't sit up there in front like our shit was just super duper hard and these niggas was bugging. Nah, we had Kid and Play. We had shit, you know, we, you know, we, 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 we didn't, everything wasn't. Everything wasn't, so that's why I can't be mad at these kids. They, they got what they got. This is their era. I want them to enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Now, I do agree that the, the lyrical content has changed where our bar has been lowered. The bar has been lowered. So, crazy. waiting for another Nas or another Big or another J, you might be waiting for a minute. Yo, y'all fuck with Westside Gun? Huh?
0: Y'all fuck with Westside Gun and Conway?
3: Yeah, yeah, I fuck with, yeah. I fuck with. I'm Woo. saying, but, the, but the, the Davies, they coming, but the way it's being delivered for our generation, it was the package. Everything was a package. It was like getting a Christmas present. Now, you almost got to go search for it. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to sift through all this other shit to find it. Yeah. That's we right. found y'all. So now you gotta. That's why he calls y'all internets, 'cause you all Because you got to go through that shit and go. Fi- oh, this. Who is this guy?
5: You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just that it, like you said, it was corny records then. It's corny records now. I, I don't mean corny. Just but no, it was, just but it's just alternative. Alternative. It's just yeah. more accessible because right. you can. They can get it out quicker before you kind of had to go through a system to get it out. So, and you don't want to be the old dude like when your mother was like, "That ain't music." That nah, ain't, you know what I'm saying. Like, saying that's, that's nah. kind of where I'm at with it too. Like, nah. I, I appreciate y'all. Y'all do what y'all do. It's good and it's bad on both sides. You know what I mean?
0: Yo, they they, they giving me the signal that we got to rap I could do this for two more hours, y'all. <laughs> I want to do this for two more hours. But you know, this is this is personal. Each and every one. I want y'all to go down the line and tell me your top five favorite bad boy records of all time. Your top
4: five personal favorite. Personal, personal favorite. Downfall, who shot you? Um, let's see. Oh, the mace, what you want. Um, I, got, I, can't, I can't just say bad boy. I got so many other joints like driving seat, T-O-N-Y. You just said it. That's five. My that's block. A, that's your five. That's your five. I mean, that, that, like we produce, that we produce? That we produce? No, not,
0: not that y'all produce. Oh, no, just just, okay. like, just okay. Bad Boy Records. Oh. Like, oh. Bad boy so the, like the Bad right.
3: Boy Records can. Oh, okay. R- but real quick, I just want to say something. Um, Young Lord, LV, Sean C, Nashim, I just want to tell y'all, I thank y'all for also influencing me and, you know, keeping, allowing me to be around y'all to learn from y'all too because this is a, a reciprocal thing. It's like, I learned just as much from them as they learn from me. So I want to thank y'all personally for just allowing that. And, my top records are Who Shot ya? I just told them I loved um, You know The records I did Obviously I did The Benjamins I did Hypnotize um, I love Money, Power, and Respect Would you say any records Not just Bad any Boy ba- records
0: Well I, I want to say Bad Boy Alright so
3: Now she,
0: she made it difficult
3: yeah. For niggas Yeah 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 um, <laughs> I and, I, and I think my last one Would probably be um, uh, 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 Probably just like to, for commercial wise, I liked I need a girl. I just think that shit just came out of nowhere and just rocked and even when it come on today, you know what I'm saying? As far as battle. Yeah. yeah.
5: Um Who Shot you? Downfall. Um somebody's gotta die. Um how many is that? Three or four? Three? Um sit down Oh, um it's the the joint that RZA did, the um Oh long uh, kiss. Long kiss good night.
4: Money um, power respect too. I forgot about yeah, that.
5: Yeah and um um I can't think of a fifth one so many. It's oh um to tell me the the, the total mace joint. Yeah, to tell, tell me, me what, what you want. want. That shit was hard.
1: Uh mine would be Who Shot Ya, the Benjamins Can't Hold Me Down. Um Uh those, those are my like top oh yeah, yeah. Those are those are. I don't know how. But I, need those more. Are, I need two more. All right, man. all right. No, I no. I got more. it because there's so many. Um, somebody's got to die. Um, and uh, what's the joint with uh, Mason? Um, I think his niggas want to act. No, 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 no. Um, with DMX. Yeah, that's the one. No, 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 no. It's it's um, <laughs> uh, with with Mason DMX. Um, um yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. You Somebody did it. Done you started
1: something. Nah, um, <laughs> nah, nah. I can't remember
3: act. Something
4: like yeah.
2: that. Yeah, on was Young Lord. Yeah, long,
1: that was uh, Young Lord, uh, yeah. but... I can't remember. Go, but go ahead. That's my problem. I pop. can't remember that. Oh, either. man. I think my That's favorite
2: awesome. Bad Boy record was the Benjamins. Absolutely. Like, when I first heard that record, like, they they put it on, and, like, I just started feeling weak. You know what
3: I'm saying? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, wow. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa. Whoa.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck, wow. Um, wow, well, all right. So, the Benjamins. Benjamins. You got... um. Uh, money, power, respect. Um, uh, wow, dang. Yeah, I'm like brain freeze. I, you know what? There's a uh, the puff joint. Um, uh, what's the joint you did on the Puff album? The uh, can't hold me. Can't hold me down. Nah, nah. It was like a hard joint. It was like oh, Hella from oh, Harlem. He started Hella from Harlem. With. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot the name. Um, that one. But that's the, what it was called. That was the working title. Hella yeah, from yeah, Harlem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The Locks had this joint called um, uh, Chain Gang. That that we did. That that's one of my favorites to this day. And um, psh, dang, I guess uh, one, more, right? one more. Right. Your record. I dare you, Black Rob. <laughs> that, that was a dope joint. I was happy about that because it wasn't going to be cleared, and it cleared at the last minute. So that was a hot joint. Yo, listen, man,
0: I, I could do this, like I said, forever, man, but I personally got to thank y'all, man, because my first rap deal that I ever did, my very first rap deal that I ever did was Derek Angeletti and Ron Lawrence, you know, um, the Two Kings and the Cypher. And that opened up the door for the hit, man. And that made my career. So without y'all, I wouldn't be here, man. So I love y'all, man. And I thank y'all so much. We love so you, much. Combat Jack. You know, thank I'm you. A, thank I'm going to wrap this up the way y'all do And then I'm going to open up the floor uh, for, for announcements, man. But to all of y'all, man, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams. And then man up, woman up, and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white. And the universe flows in Technicolor and surrounds sound. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Heyo, internets, remember, today's episode of The Combat Jack Show is brought to you by HBO's Insecure. Modern-day black women are usually portrayed as strong, confident, and flawless, but Issa and Molly are definitely not killing it. These best friends must deal with their own real-life flaws as they try to navigate different worlds and cope with an endless series of uncomfortable everyday experiences. Shot in and around South Los Angeles, Insecure touches on a variety of social and racial issues that relate to the contemporary black experience. Now, if you missed the series premiere of Insecure on October 9th, I'm telling y'all now, Internet, stop playing around and catch up. Issa Rae's comedy is smart. Brilliant, profane, and real, exactly how we like it. Yo, when that broken pussy rap started, it was a rap for me. I couldn't stop laughing, and I guarantee you, Internet, neither will you. Tune in every Sunday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time for the series premiere of Insecure, exclusively on HBO. Nominati! This episode of The Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.
6: Shit, there's a time limit to this. My bad. I just, what I'm trying to say is, look, I hope in the future you guys discuss, in terms of hip-hop, what is culture assimilation versus cultural appropriation. You know, I was listening to this interview with Lord Jamar, and he said, look, if you're not black, treat hip-hop like a house and you're a guest. And that really resonated with me. You know, because, I mean, I, I agree with them. A lot of people may be offended because if they feel like if you're not black, your gut reaction is going to be, well, I can't be 100% hip-hop. But my thing is, I, I believe I am a guest. But even as a guest, you know, I respect the hospitality. And so I'm going to do some errands. You know, I'm a guard in your house. I'm a to the furniture in your home so shit looks nice. What I'm trying to say is, you know, even as a guest in this so-called house of hip-hop, you know, I still want to make your house better. I love your home, and I want to make your home better. So, anyways, I'm just trying to see what what is hip-hop assimilation versus appropriation. Probably not going to put this shit up on a podcast, but, hey, look, I appreciate you guys. When you guys are out in L.A., I would love to shake your guys' hands, man. Thank you.